0: It is the week of February 6th, and you have found your way back to the Wild at Heart podcast. And as we have been practicing, so desiring that this moment is a moment of sanity and kindness to your soul, we pause before we jump in each week and, and before we introduce content, because while content is helpful— The presence of God is irreplaceable. And so we're going to take a moment and release everyone and everything to Jesus. We're going to let our day go. We're going to let the coming things go. Let your week go. Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. Just take a moment to let all that go. And we pray, Jesus, meet me here today. Meet me in this. I need union and I need oneness. I need you more than I need understanding. In your name, we all pray. And I think that piece of I need you more than I need understanding is really important as we continue to enter into the dynamics of the human heart, expectation and resentment. Morgan and Sherry are back for a part two. So if you didn't listen to last week's, you probably want to listen to that first because it'll make a whole lot more sense of where we are today. We're we're picking up like three quarters of a way into a conversation. Mm-hmm. So um we were talking about how just recognizing the power of expectation and and maybe maybe even to call it un unholy or unfair or unbridled expectation in a marriage can just saddle it with so much pressure and mm. and problems and and then resentments then comes the anger then comes the resentment mm-hmm. and that's where we were last week talking about that thanks for your vulnerability on that but then we began to take that out to hunting trips and anniversaries and birthdays and summer vacations and I mean you can just take this into any sphere of life that Reality that if you if you have resentments showing up, if you have anger showing up, if you have bitterness, or that other thing is I'm going to take my ball and go home. Mm. That thing, the pouting, is what I call it in me. I can I, I'm aware of pouting in me that just says, well, I'm just leaving. Like you all can carry on in what you're doing, but I'm I'm not going to play anymore. Mm. That's also part of it. That's another way of of expressing you know quote resentment. If you see that operating in a friendship, in a church environment, at your work, in your marriage, then you know, uh-oh, right, okay. So that's where we were, um, super helpful category, very, very disruptive. But where we began to go towards the end was how this begins to get into our life with God and into our relationship with God. And Morgan, you used... An analogy I want to start with this week. We were in the conversation last week, and you were saying, you were talking about opening a door. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that part mm-hmm. of the conversation? Can you take us back there? I was describing that there is this sort
1: of door that gets opened from a legitimate wrong or legitimate um heartache, yeah. Yeah. disappointment. Exactly. Something that that it is very legitimate in and of itself. But what happens is through that legitimate wrong or harm, there's an open door for evil to come. And there's sort of this pattern, just this exponential assault that rushes towards us. And in that seat of what we believe about God, about ourselves, about other people can become so profoundly assaulted. And we think All that is legitimate. And so we see this pattern of people all around us with the sort of, we're using the word apostasy of just walking away from God because they throw out the baby with the bathwater. Yes. Because all this evil's rushed in. And so how do we treat the open door as a separate thing from all of this unrelenting battle? How do we take this legitimate place in us and, and stay in God and contend? In order that it doesn't become a doorway to greater things that just want to take us out.
0: Yes, yes. And it's important to acknowledge this always begins with some genuine heartache, right? A half truth, a partial truth. Yeah. Last week we were talking about e- even things that you thought God said were going to happen. Your kid was going to get into this particular class that would be good for them or. Your, you know, your brother was going to be resurrected from cancer, or promises, and this has happened to me mm-hmm. as well. Where I, I'm like, wait a second, I, I thought you said that that trip, you were in that trip, but it ended up being a real disaster or super disappointing. And what do I do with that? So, the the disappointment and the heartache that we're describing now, um, is real, and and important and this is two or three weeks ago now, we did a podcast on vulnerable places. And I was talking about the the importance of tending to vulnerable places because we are in an environment right now, friends. And I think if I could say one thing to you this year, it would be this. You are living in an environment right now where the kingdom of darkness is brilliantly cunningly perniciously working through human heartache to cause people to pull away from god it, now it might be a subtle pull away it might it might just be i'm going to i'm going to create a little distance here right now because i'm not happy with you or, or, or to a full walking away somewhere on that spectrum And it is so important to understand the fire and the gasoline analogy. So if you go back to marriage for a minute, guys, and you can help us here. So in your marriage, Morgan and Cher, you've had issues over the years that were a genuine fire, right? Might've been a campfire, might've been a bonfire, (laughs) but there was something that was the fire that was what we'll call human. It was real, it was circumstantial, right? Yeah. But then the enemy comes in yes. and pours gasoline on it. Mm-hmm. The whole house is on fire. The county is on fire. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right? Right. Well, and even one way it plays out that I see the pattern for us here is like historic stuff gets pulled into the present moment to become this bonfire when Mm -hmm. the thing that happened, the offense or the misunderstanding is very legitimate. Yes, It's a great context to work out a relationship, but now we bring this whole history. I bring a history to Sherry of decades of of her missed expectations, resentments, (laughs) and she can't fight that. We're just talking about the dog.
0: Yes. Pooping in the yard or something. Yes. Or, right? the, dishes, or the dishes. Or the trip right. or the kids or yeah. So the fire usually needs tending to the issue, the yeah. human issue. But then the enemy is there in a nanosecond. And it, here's what goes on in my heart. So Stacey are in a moment of tension, a moment of misunderstanding. And the next sentence I hear is she doesn't love you. Mm. And if you could just step up for a moment and go, wow. How did we get from the dishes to she doesn't love you? How can we get from this misunderstanding? That's the gasoline. That is the presence of the evil one. Exactly. Introducing into the situation, right, to just blow it up. Right. Okay, this happens in friendships. It happens in churches. You know, some friends of ours right now are... Are in a ministry that's just being torn apart by this stuff. And what is so heartbreaking is they don't want to get past the human. No, it's people. Mm-hmm. You don't understand. It's Sally. It's Bob. It's their stubbornness. It's you know, And I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Like you live in a world at war, folks. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. I know you think it's flesh and blood, but we wrestle not. And when Paul goes on to say, you are dealing with high ranking, spiritual yes. powers, principalities, rulers, authorities, spiritual forces of darkness in the heavenly realms. He's like, guys, you're dealing with ancient, malevolent forces. It's not just this church conflict. It's not just this marital moment, right. okay? Mm-hmm. Super important mm-hmm. for your worldview. Yes. Particularly now in, come on, God. What the heck, God? Yes. Okay that's the door morgan mm-hmm. you were talking about you you go from a legitimate hurt and right. you open the door but what you don't realize is behind that door are ancient malevolent mm-hmm. forces that that come in with such surprising swiftness right yes to then a, a few moments later you're like i'm done i'm done i'm so done with you i i'm i'm out of here this is what we're trying to describe as the moment that we're operating in right now in the world. Right. This is the particular moment. And it it's hitting me on a very frequent basis. Mm-hmm. And this is this is kind of partly how, if anybody ever writes my biography, I, I have two titles <laughs> that I, I, I would like you to consider. John
2: Eldridge, <laughs> I might write your biography someday. Talk okay. to me.
0: Well, the one title is lovely. It's a cricket in winter. (laughs) (laughs) The other title is a little more painfully accurate, and it is God's weather vein. Like, gang, I just experience it. Like when we warned you a couple years Mm -hmm. ago, hey, hatred and death have been released in the world, and then COVID rolled through like three months after we warned about that. Like I just experienced this stuff. So I am experiencing what we're describing right now on a – regular basis Mm -hmm. where there's a legitimate heartache, and it even happens in the night. Like it comes against me in my sleep, but I will wake up feeling bereft or abandoned or misunderstood by God or where the heck are you? And I'm like, whoa, how did I even travel there? There is a heartache. Mm -hmm. But if you open the door to, come on, God, like in this moment, it's like opening the porthole. Of a submarine, yes. when you're still five hundred feet submerged, like you just don't know what you're doing, yeah, gang, right. and it's it's this. So, what have you found helpful in that moment mm-hmm. of of the door gets cracked?
2: First of all, it's I um, have the privilege of some level of proximity to you, and like Jesus is everything to you, so to hear that this comes against you. It just really has my attention. And I understand part of it is the weather being. Um, God giving you a heads up of what the saints are enduring, but it's it's, it's like, wow, because what you guys have is just so intense and beautiful. Yes. Anyways, I'm touched by that. And then I'm remembering, John. So Morgan met you in August of ninety-eight, and Brent had died in May of ninety-eight. I met you in February of ninety-nine, and I had you know, the sacred romance had become sort of my, um, touchstone for what reality was. And so I've been immersing myself reading and rereading in your and Brent's words. And then the, just the flash of disorientation of like, Brent is dead. (laughs) Like, and then watching you, I think just again, not, 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 not necessarily in your innermost circle, but just as someone um, who loves you and who's Approximate to you to some degree, walk that out. And I was just kind of reminded of it in this conversation of what helped, what helped you then, and what continues to help you. Um, I'm, I'm, I would like to pitch the question back to you.
0: Yeah, it's very helpful. I I just wish I could like do this visually to show people it was a very different hour on the earth. Interesting. Mm-hmm. This That's so particular interesting. poison mm-hmm. gas. Which I think is the abomination that causes desolation. I think that guy has, has is operating big time right now in the world because I see, I see what he's doing mm-hmm. to the human heart. I see the desecration. I see the apostasia, as as Paul calls it. In that moment with Brent, heartache, anger, shock, loss, trauma, I raged. I kicked holes in the wall in my house. I had to repair. The structure of my house, mm. but it was all within the context of I'm gonna get in the ring with you and duke this out, God. I'm not leaving the the ring. But then there was a fascinating moment of reconciliation between God and I. And, and it's a little bit of your journey with Lance and the story that you told last week. There was, there was a progression. Um, rooted in the other goodness of God, like you just can't get away from beauty, folks. Like, what do you do with beauty? The problem in the world is not the problem of pain. That's not the problem. The problem of the world is the problem of beauty. How do you explain it? How do you explain such goodness in the world still? And it it was so much of that. there was a moment of reconciliation. And there was some intimate conversation between me and God, which will remain intimate. But I walked away from that saying, okay, mm. I don't like it. I don't get it. But I love you. And I'm not leaving. No. And and I'm, no, I'm not going to let this take me out. And I think one of the fundamental things, gang, if I Yeah, if I were to do a whole series, um, I, I I would say that the single catastrophic failure of the church in the modern hour has not been indulgence or comfort or cultural relativity. It has been the failure to educate people as to the nature of the war that you live in. I'm, I'm reading through Churchill's biography right now, and I'm reading about the London bombings currently during World War II. In 1940 and 1941, there were at nights where there were 600 to 800 German bombers over England. 30,000 people died in those bombings, just in those two years. And then it, it kept on, and then they went into the V-1 rocket that Germany was launching from the coast. The next morning, the British people would get up and open their shops and clean up the rubble. And I'm watching the tenacity. Now there was heartache, there was devastation. There were, there were funerals and graves and mourning. Absolutely. But the ability to carry on is simply rooted in this. They knew they were at war. Mm-hmm. And so their expectations, mm-hmm. this is to come back to expectations, were not Disneyland, yeah. right? They're They're like grateful we lived through a night. Exactly. We're alive. We understand this is a moment of great duress. We understand that we are being called upon to live valiantly in this moment of great duress. And therefore, there was a shift of expectation and resentment Mm. that, that just like dissolved in that sense. Okay. So, and even me
1: opening my shop is a valiant, act as part of a larger story, totally. right? Rather than just mm. being lost in my own me-centered story yes. of, of relativism, of, of yes. meaninglessness. Yes. Instead, they knew they were a part of a larger story that's in an invasion and their work in the world, cleaning up rubble yes. for four years, yes. opening the shop, it mattered. Exactly. I think that's just such mm. a parallel for our place in the kingdom. And it was how
0: you love. Mm-hmm. It's how you live. It's how you show up as a person. Mm. That is our reality. Mm. And the catastrophic failure uh, of Christian teaching to disciple people into this has left us, thanks to the comfort culture, with a whole different set of expectations, right? Mm. When I can solve most of my—if I don't like the weather, I literally walk over to the wall and go beep, 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 and I change the thermostat. It's just unbelievable. I'm a little cold. (laughs) I think I'll get it warmer. (laughs) I'm a little warm. I think I'll turn the AC on. Like it we just don't understand what the ease of our world has led us to. We don't think we're in the London bombings, right? We think we are at, you know, Walt Disney World Resort or something like that. Yes. Which sets us up for expectations. Yes. And then it's come on, God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. These moments though, when when the poison gas, when the gasoline, when the presence of malevolent darkness Mm -hmm. is coming against your heart. This is tough stuff. This is very, very awful stuff because it's so convincing. There are moments that I wake in the last six months and I'm like, wow, I could be apostate in about 30 seconds Mm -hmm. if I simply agree with this. And so this is why we're having this conversation mm-hmm. through this series, beginning with Vulnerable Places last week, expectations and how that can lead to resentment into this week about what do you do in the moment of mm-hmm. the open door? What mm-hmm. do you do with that? And the answer is you get Christ in there real quick. Yes. You get Christ in there. The presence of Jesus in there, real quick, because there is heartache Mm -hmm. that needs care. That's real. We're Mm -hmm. not, we're not, we are not in any way delegitimizing that. Nearly all of my friends are walking through something hard right now. Yeah. We are walking through hard things right now. So there are things that need loving care. But you have got to shut the door to this mm-hmm. evil. You have got to shut the door to bitterness and resentment mm-hmm. towards God. The hatred that's in the demonic hatred in the world trying to get you to hate God, mm-hmm. trying yes. to agree with apostasy, trying to agree yes. with forsaken, mm-hmm. yes. right? Yeah. Am, I, am I describing? You were describing the open door and what you, what you do in that moment. Right. How would you put it?
1: Yeah. And John, I think the other piece that's so related to that is what we've also lost in the hours this is the practice it is a process of becoming wholehearted over time yes. and so we're like we must do it and we must practice doing it because when you need to do it you don't feel it exactly right it feels exactly uh, like an apostate reality god does not exist when i turn to god in need of him and that's where i'm so grateful that the scriptures you know like Like Dallas Willard said, Jesus's life is available to us, and it can be tested and found to be reliable. Yes. And so, just an example, like reading through the scriptures, the New Testament this year for a first pass, and in Matthew six, we get Jesus's first teaching on how to pray. And I just was so tuned into this by Spirit because it's coming off the Beatitudes, where you can tell from what he's Communicating, these people are pretty oppressed. Yes, they're pretty beaten down. Yeah, they're beat up. They're losing heart, right? These aren't like, I mean, it, it's not pom poms and miniskirts. Like they're 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 beat up. And so in this kind of space, they, they ask, like, how do we pray? In other words, how do we have access to the life that you seem to have that's rooted in God? And he says, find a secluded place. He goes, no role-playing before God. Simple and honest. He says, start with simple, start with honest. As simple as it and honest as you can manage, and then your focus will shift from you to God. And you will begin to sense his grace. And my favorite kind of definition or understanding of grace is God acting. So I so appreciate the kindness, the mm-hmm. accessibility. So start mm-hmm. with simple. Yep. Start with honest. Where are you? Locate yes. how you're feeling. Yep. And
0: validate
1: that to God. I'm pissed. Yes. I'm disappointed.
0: I'm, I'm hurt. hurt. My right? heart is broken.
1: Bring that in simple honesty. And then the hope of it is. The focus shifts, and and this is one of those pernicious things of our culture, is we live in a a hyper-individualized culture, a me-centered reality. So the problem is even our Christianity, the water we swim in, it begins with a me-centered view of reality. That's not the gospel. Mm. That's not true. I am not the center of my story, and that's really good news. And so this orientation shifts helps me. With this steady entering into a place of I am one who is being led. God, you are author. God, you have this under control. God, you know me more than I know myself. You know me more than any other person knows me. And you love me more than any other person loves me. And I need you to act. I put myself in proximate to you and your story. I'm yielding something to you. And so what's so beautiful about this teaching is nothing's changed in the circumstances. Exactly. But steadily by God's power that you are accessing, the door is now closing to this relentless evil. And now what you have is actually manageable. This is the work of your maturing in oneness with God as a disciple. And again and again in scriptures, like, It demonstrates this is available. You can do this. Yes. Right? This is possible. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. It is Mm -hmm. possible.
0: And Christ is deeply committed to your wholeheartedness, deeply committed to it. You can trust that. You also have to understand that you live in the midst of the London bombings. Right. That is the nature of the world right now. Yes. Both are true. Yes. Yes. Both are true. And you know, I began with understanding at the top of the podcast. Like I I even yield my need for understanding. Mm-hmm. I think it's understanding that I need. Mm-hmm. It's not. Yeah. I, need God. I need God. I need union with God, mm-hmm. oneness, a shared life, a shared nature, a shared being with God, which then heals. What it's like to live in the London bombings, like it does, it does heal that.
1: Jim, one thing to add, I think it's so important for our Wild Heart listeners in this space. We're a story culture, and the human soul is meant. We are born into story. We interpret by story. We we are constantly reaching for a story to interpret reality, and I would add to feel well. Right. Yes. The challenge is yes. when we pin our well-being on a story that we must locate to make us feel well that's very dangerous because as you've said before experience often does not furnish its own interpretation right i think it's really important for our souls to remember god will in time give us the story he's revealing in the larger story and we're in act 3 but we are not guaranteed an interpretation of our circumstances yes. in the immediacy of it as a A conduit of our peace. And that's why, as you're saying that, my heart's reaction is like, yes, because to be rooted in God is the safest place even when we don't have the story from outside of us to make us well. Yes. And I think of like, you know, the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew where you have Solomon was the child of David and Uriah's wife. Yep. I mean, he was literally the child of David's, uh, 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 you know, his allegedly darkest moment of adultery and violence and murder. murder. And you get Solomon out of that. And, and to me, the message is there is a prevailing story at work even larger than a generation yes. and larger than my individual story. Yes. And I have to trust that by faith. And therefore, my heart can relinquish the net necessity to have a specific story to interpret my circumstances for peace, yes. instead I come to God for mm-hmm. peace, yeah. and then I can see more clearly.
0: Okay, let me let me tell a story. Great. to To bring this uh, to a close today. So, because he's written about it, I, I can talk about it. Sam and Susie, six years ago, seven years ago, lost their first child, Patrick, um, and it was absolutely devastating to all of us. And. Um, During pregnancy, they lost Patrick. And I buried my first grandchild. I did the service. Absolutely devastating. So when they announced the incredibly joyful news that they were pregnant again, yes, joy, but lots of fear. Lots of fear. Stacy and I were scheduled to go uh, overseas. She was doing a captivating overseas on the due date. And we just went, no way. There is no way that we are going to be out of this country. We need to be here to contend for the life of this of this second child. There's just no way. There's no way. But Jesus kept saying, it's okay. I'm in it. It's okay. I'm in it. It's okay. I'm in it. And what we interpreted, see, this is so difficult because God will speak things, but we'll often bring a lot of our interpretation yeah. to it. What we interpreted that was, we'll be back in time. That's how we interpret. But but we felt like God said, "Go, it's going to be okay." And we're like, we are only going if we're getting back in time to pray over this. And to, okay, so we went. Uh, two of us went overseas, and we're we're over there for about four days. The conference is about to begin. We wake up that morning to the text that Susie's in labor. And I am furious and freaking out both. It's like, wait, no, what? This is this is the scenario. This is absolutely the thing that we feared the most. Not only that, it ended up being a very difficult and protracted pregnancy. It was everything we feared. We just, we just, all the trauma was resurging. We were completely. Stace had to set all that aside and go minister to a group of women. I drop her off. She's able to do that because she's amazing. I am in the parking lot of of Tesco, which is sort of like the Target over there, raging at God in the parking lot. You said, you said, and now I don't know what to do. Do I literally get on a flight and go home? All of that. Here's what we came to understand. I I felt, Abandoned mm. and betrayed mm. in that moment. I felt abandoned and betrayed. The story has a completely good end. Mm. Baby's fine, family's great. We're, you know, we're so, so profoundly grateful. Abandonment and betrayal were so profoundly real to me. I, because it was my experience, mm-hmm. that this this is the new reality no, no, I am abandoned and betrayed by God. What we came to understand, I am God's weather vane. He was showing us that abandonment and betrayal are actually the territorial spirits of Ireland because of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of abandonment and betrayal. And as we were able to expose that to people over there, they, they were weeping in the audience as we described, abandonment and betrayal by God. Now let's all break agreements with that because that's not true. It's not true. And it led into this massive, massive breakthrough for those people, okay? That abandonment, betrayal thing, that was located, that was a territorial spirit over Ireland. But that same kind of poison gas is operating in the world now in a massive way and it's trying to get into heartaches large and small. And you open that door and you just open <laughs> the porthole of the submarine while you're still 500 feet below the surface. I mean the pressure and the force that rushes in. Don't do it. Don't do it. God will meet us in our heartaches. He will meet us in our losses. That is promised.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. He will sustain us. That is promised if we stay in the ring. Mm. Yes. Don't get out of the ring. Don't leave the relationship because it's the relationship with God that will save yes. you in this hour. Don't close the door on him. Don't walk away. Don't don't take your ball and go home, you know the Expectation, resentment cycle. Like, we've got to get out of that in this particular historic moment of all because of what's been released in the world. And that's why we just had to bring this to you in a series of podcasts here at the start of the year, friends. Really hope you hear us. Hope you hear our hearts in this.
2: John, if I may, there's something, you know, that you and Stacey say at the beginning of the larger story that just means so much to me, where you said, you know, it's kind of that that it all hinges on how we see. And um, I'm just reminded of that, you know, how we see. Yes. And I think, Morgan, about you bringing those words from um, Jesus's, you know, what, what Matthew records as the Sermon on the Mount. And when Jesus says, you know, the eye is the lamp of the body. And if the eye is healthy, the whole body is full of light. And if the eye is unhealthy, mm. the body is full of darkness. And mm. the light within you is darkness. How great the darkness indeed. And I'm just thinking about this how important it is for how do we see yes. the moment that we're in um, in the larger story so thank you for bringing yeah. this in. yeah
0: you're thank in the you. London bombings right friends in a story that's about to get phenomenally mm-hmm. wonderful and every dream and desire is about to come true and every resentment
1: and every feeling of abandonment betrayal is the opportunity to turn your heart back to God. Yes. Let it be the thing that turns you toward God rather than away from